everyone. We have a great show for you today coming up for the CFBDynasty.com podcast. We're looking at the next man up at wide receiver. There's a lot of guys moving out, a lot of guys coming in. We can't wait for you to uh, see this show today. Make sure you like and subscribe. And now on with the show. Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everyone, we're here once again with the CFBDynasty.com podcast. As always, my name is Matt Knowles, alongside Brian McElfish and Doug Gravely. Today we're going to be talking about the next man up a wide receiver. Brian, Doug, how are you guys doing today? Man, I am great. Looking forward to a big weekend of uh, spring games. I'm, I'm excited for it. So yeah, man, what I'm game, doing good too. It's, it's going to be what, a lot of fun. What games outside of, of your own personal teams are you looking forward to the most? Well... Right now, I'm watching the weather for tomorrow night. Um, Gators play in the swamp tomorrow. It's going to take the, the the family up there, and um, you know, any any chance I get to kind of uh, have a good environment with the kids around around football, I want to do that. Rain and for us, cold. If it's 60s and rainy, that's that's cold to Floridians. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I don't know about tomorrow night. Hopefully, probably the weather will clear up and be fine by the 7.30 kickoff. Um, but yeah, on Saturday, though, wow. So you got from the ACC, Clemson, FSU, uh, <clears throat> Virginia, Virginia Tech, whatever, Big Ten, you've got, and there's more. And then Big Ten, you've got Michigan State. Wait, blah, blah, blah. yeah, there's Saturday. You've got uh, Penn State, Ohio State, <clears throat> um, Pac-12, there's Cal, Arizona State. You can catch some Rashada stuff there. USC on Saturday. And then in the SEC, you've got Arkansas, Georgia, Mississippi, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Tennessee, mm. Texas A&M. It's going to be all day long for me. Every game I can watch, I will watch. Uh, can't wait. What about you, Doug? Which one are you looking forward to the most? I'm really looking forward to the USC game. Uh you guys know that I got Marshawn Lloyd on my fantasy team. Um, and I'm really interested to see what's going to happen there. Um, so did you try and talk trade with Danny? Like, uh, I didn't. Um, he had mentioned a, my second this year for a second and a fifth next year, but I don't know about all that. Um, maybe I'll appease to William Dong in our league at this point, who's starting to give me a bunch of compliments and see what he'll give me for, for some picks. So we'll see what happens. So Doug, I do have one more question for you. So, if a tree falls at the Masters and everyone is there to hear it, does Doug jump off the couch? Doug does did, not jump off the couch. What did you think about uh, – did you watch the video, the highlight of that when the tree fell and everybody had to run out of the way? I uh, did, did watch that video. I mean, me personally, I would have just tried to catch it, but, you know, it's fine. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you weren't there because that would have been a very <laughs> poor decision. Um, <laughs> we would definitely be back to just me and Brian on this podcast about the decision at the time. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> all right so again we, we talked about today's show is going to be talking about next man up uh the last couple of weeks we've done quarterbacks we've done running backs uh today we are going to get into the next man up at wide receiver uh quarterbacks and running backs are a little bit more straightforward because you're only going to be lining up one quarterback and maybe one or two running backs on the field at a time wide receiver can be anywhere from one to five on the field at a time 
So it's a lot more difficult to decide who the next man up is going to be, which makes it uh, a lot more uh, imperative for you to get your information and understand who is really going to be the one that's going to get the targets. That's why you guys want to like and subscribe to the CFBDynasty.com, to the podcast, to the website, get up on the Discord, and make sure that you are in the know once this show is done. So we're going to get right down to it. So BMAC, Doug, who is the first school that we're going to go to talking about the next man up at wide receiver? Let's go to the Vols, Tennessee. So the the passing attack that's just really taken off, it's, it's good to see you know the hype around the Tennessee program again. I was uh, I hated them so much as a kid. I have uh, specific ties to uh, a loss, which was uh, in 2001 in the swamp, the last game of the year. It was pushed to the end because of uh, the 9/11 um, event. So, man, uh, Spurrier's last game in the swamp ended with Travis Stevens running all over the Gators, uh, 200 plus yards. And uh, it was one of the, I think it was this, at the time it was the worst or most rushing yards Florida had ever given up. So anyways, now Tennessee's got a passing attack that has huge fantasy interest. And they're losing Jalen Hyatt, who's probably going to be a first round pick in the draft. And Cedric Tillman, who is going to be a day one or probably a day two pick. I mean, Um, so who do you got, Doug, that you're looking at there at Tennessee to replace Um, that elite production, uh, you know, with Joe Milton or Iamaliava coming back into uh, the mix at quarterback. You you and I have talked about this many times. We've talked about Tennessee a lot. Um, And, you know, I am becoming a really big fan of Squirrel White. Um, I think McCoy, you know, he's going to have a solid season, but I I just really – Really like what I've seen from Squirrel White, what I've heard about him. Um, and and then Ramel Keaton as well. Keaton's another one that I think could be really exciting. Um, beats a lot of players downfield, makes amazing catches. Just ask Florida fans like so, Ryan over here. You know? So real quick, Squirrel White, right? So Matt, I don't know if you've seen any film on this guy or whatnot yet. If you imagine a squirrel as a receiver – you picture a slot receiver, right? Absolutely. I think that fits the bill for Squirrel White. What do you think? You know, he's going to get some deep balls, mm-hmm. and he, you saw that in the in the bowl game. But he's going to get a volume of catches, too. Like, I think he is set up to be a little bit of the Hyatt, but also, um, you know, he's going to be playing the slot quite a bit. I think potentially the best route runner on the team. Yep. Um, and – there's a lot of people saying that his ceiling is even bigger than Hyatt's. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see, but I like him a lot. Um, for those of us in our league that are thinking about receivers, because I know we need a lot that have that, or we have a lot of guys that need receivers guys. If this guy makes it to round two for me, he's gone. So that's yeah. all well, I'm I, saying. I think one of the interesting things about Tennessee is that they're a good case study for understanding who the next man up is within season. Um, last year, and, and I was the unfortunate, uh, you know, Cedric Tillman first round. Um, he looked like he was going to be the guy. He was the one that was projected to be a first round pick in the NFL draft. And he goes down and then Jalen Hyatt goes absolutely berserk. 
um, leading up to the draft, there was no talk that Jalen Hyatt was going to be that guy at the level that he was. So it just goes to show that if there was somebody who took a flyer on Jalen Hyatt in the draft or somebody that had been scouting him and they said, hey, you know what, I want to get the guy behind Cedric Tillman as far as what his productivity is going to be, they really got a great player. So you really need to look at Tennessee in 2022 and understand just how important it is to know who the next man up is at all times, preseason and during season. Yeah, yeah well, it depends on how deep your league is, whether it's going to be like a waiver wire pickup mm-hmm. or whatever. But there's four guys to get excited about that we'll talk about here. Um, but I agree with Doug. I think Squirrel, if you're drafting right now, he's the guy that you want. Um, and he's probably available in most leagues. Now, let me ask you guys a question about Tennessee. Do you see back-to-back Blitnikoff winners here at Tennessee with that crazy good offense? Or is it is somebody else at the top of your list for that? Yeah, I don't think you can. Uh, I like the, the betting odds on that would be so small to have back-to-back Blitnikoff winners. I don't know if that's happened, but I would say no. But I think there's a... I think they're going to be highly productive. Um, and yeah, with the other guys being Brew McCoy, obviously, he comes over from USC a couple years ago, highly touted, 6'3, 220 pounds, like uh, projects to be their go to guy in the red zone, which uh, is big in terms of fantasy production. But he's going to play the outside, he's going to get some deep balls, and that's just how this offense works. Um, you got to like Brew McCoy going into this year as well. But another guy who really, like, he just looked incredibly athletic, um, able to make any sort of acrobatic catch. I know he made a couple against Florida that were, like, diving or, um, you know, completely getting turned around and making an an incredible play on the ball. Like, those kind of guys earn trust from quarterbacks, and they're going to get more and more opportunities. Ramel Keaton um, is one who just, he showed those flashes. He looks great. And then you get the the former five star, uh, six foot five transfer over from Oregon, who didn't really get to play a ton at Oregon, Deonta Thornton. Um, plenty of reason to get excited about him as a deep target, as a guy who will be great in the red zone. Um, we'll see what uh, if he can kind of break through. He's probably the fourth on the list right now, but I'd say if I was drafting today, it'd be Squirrel Wright. Uh, Brew McCoy, then Ramel, then Deontay. How about you? Yeah, I would say uh, to to answer Doug's question, I think that just in general, there's there's too much turnover, too much movement in college football, especially with 133 teams out there. To have a team that is not the upper echelon team like an Alabama or Ohio State come in as a favorite to have somebody win an award when you've got a turnover of every skill position at Tennessee, I think it'd be really difficult for them to be able to to, to get that on Blitnikoff again. I just think it's a fun question to ask, a fun thing to think about with such a high-powered offense there. You never know. I don't know if it's ever happened back-to-back. to be something worth researching, but it could be fun to think about. But I agree with you, Brian. I think Squirrel White would be num- my number one, Brew McCoy two, Ramel Keaton three, and then Deontay Thornton at four if I was drafting today. All right, so let's, uh, let's take a move on to the next team that you guys want to talk about, Tank Dell out at Houston. <laughs> Keyshawn Carter out at Houston. Who do we like as the next man up in that Houston, that potent offense for Houston? So I'm going to go with a young kid by the name of Matthew Golden is probably my favorite to take over. There ain't no probably. 
he, you know, as a freshman, he shined. He did. He did great. Um, yes, Tank Dell has huge shoes to fill. Um, great receiver, and I hated playing against him in fantasy for sure. But um, Matthew Golden is is my guy. That's gonna take over that offense. I think getting Joshua Cobbs from Wyoming is a great addition. He was the number one guy in Wyoming. Um, not that that's much to say. I don't think Wyoming's deep offense was very uh, scary, for lack of a better term. But um, then you got Sam Brown, who was another talented freshman last year. But I think it's a Matthew Golden job there for sure as the number Easy one Easy money. Guy. Yeah, I totally agree. Golden is uh, NFL potential, and uh, I think he could have a huge year. Like, we've got him – not to kind of bury a future show that we'll be doing next with our adjusted 2023 uh, positional rankings for college fantasy. We've got Golden going into the spring at 10th because there's so much that Tank Dell did that, that he'll just take on. He had 116 fantasy points. That's 12-ish a game as a freshman. Like, he's going to be really good. And I think uh, – Golden is easy, <clears throat> next man up, easier than Tennessee. I think he's probably the easiest one on this list to just peg in with a uh, high confidence that he's just going to be a star going forward. And uh, everyone's going to know his name by the end of the year uh, and uh, college fantasy or college so, football, fantasy, at least. I think everyone is going to know who Golden is. And here's my only issue, okay, with this Houston offense. Are they going to go with a young Lucas Coliat quarterback? Are they going to go with a guy who loves throwing the ball to the other team and Donovan Smith? So um, mean. Is, is Donovan Smith <laughs> going to get the maturity and understand what color his team is, you know, on, on whether they're red that week or white the, that week with home or away jerseys? Or is he going to keep throwing it to the other team? I don't know. Hey, hey, if we're trying to up engagement on the podcast, I think that Doug is going to be getting a lot of flaming hate mail from uh, Houston fans. Uh, so hey, you know what? We got to do what we got to do. Let me hey, let me give you a different. I name. like it. I like no, it. Let me give you a different name that matters more than those two quarterbacks. Dana Holgerson. They're gonna figure it out, and they'll be fine. And Golden's gonna get his. Like, period. Uh, if he's not a top ten, top ten fantasy receiver after a healthy twenty twenty three, we'll shave Matt's beard. Ooh. Man, I don't know about that now, man. <laughs> shave Matt's beard. Can I, I do we, it? Can man, I shave it? I think we just have to shave Doug's beard. How's that? <laughs> I shaved mine last night. I'm looking that's all fresh and clean, buddy. I, that's what I'm saying. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're just going to travel right down the interstate. And, uh, you know, I'm not really sure if SME is right down the interstate, but still. <laughs> we're going to travel right across the state. Uh, now we're going to look at, uh, at SMU, another high-powered offense in the state of Texas. Uh, Rasheed Rice is, uh, is out at SMU. Who do you guys like to be the next man up at SMU? Go ahead, B-Mac. Really? Yeah, so from what we have seen and heard so far, it looks like it's going to be Jordan Curley, um, someone who, again, probably is available in, in redraft <laughs> or, or in non-redraft leagues. So um, like him a lot, added weight strength and durability like he's uh he's someone that's gonna be able to get a volume of balls and it's another offense that's perfect perfect for the receiver position where or for just fantasy so like we're talking smu we're talking houston 
um, man, they're, they're just going to get a hedge or <clears throat> sorry, heavy volume of, uh, of opportunities and targets. Yeah. So I have to like a guy like Curly who <laughs> a couple days ago, his, his quote was every single year, there's always going to be a guy. And I feel like I'm going to be that guy. So, I mean, you kind of, you got to like a guy that makes a quote like that. That's got that confidence. Yeah. Um, Dixon, I think, is pro- is potentially going to be the number two. Um, he showed in the final game of the season that he's relied on. They targeted him ten times, led the team in receiving yards that game. But it's it's going to be Curley's job to to lose. I think potentially going into this season. Man, you can't be leaving off the first half of Dixon's name for the listeners. They may not know who this guy is. Well, I'm going to call him Moochie because that's his nickname because I can't pronounce. <laughs> you don't want to call him Covante, Moochie, Dixon? Come on, man. That's, that's go. going to be a great name in college, college Listen, football guys, this I, year. Come on, man. I grew up in Inverness. I don't read that well, okay? Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you guys want to say about SMU and the Rasheed Rice leaving situation there, or do you want to move on to the next team? That is down below in our uh, in our footer on this video. That is <laughs> UNC. Josh Downs, Anton Green out. Who do you guys like to replace them with the Tar Heels? Yeah, so they've got some transfers um, like Nate McCollum coming over from Georgia Tech, um, and, and some returnees. Or re- yeah, but uh, the main guy that I'm looking at is uh, Devontez Walker, just Tez Walker. Um, he was all Mac first team at Kent state. And like you, if you've listened to some of the other shows, like everyone, uh, left, left Kent state. So I like him a lot. And I think, uh, I think he'll be the guy we've got him as a top five receiver this year. And, uh, I, I think he's, he's gonna, he's gonna prove it uh, along with Drake may like may's got to have someone to throw it to. Um, Tez is going to be that guy with experience in college football and productive experience. So in that North Carolina offense, I think he can be elite elite for fantasy. Like he could be uh, easily a top three, top five. I say easily, but I mean, (laughs) May May is super good. Obviously if he's healthy and Tez Walker does what we expect him to do, like again, 58 catches, 920 yards, uh, 11 touchdowns as a freshman. So I think uh, I think he'll he'll be that guy for sure um, at North Carolina. How about you, Doug? Yeah, I agree. Um, I have him uh, number one for me for North Carolina, and honestly, I have Pacer number two. I know they got McCollum transferred over there, who was basically the lone bright sp- bright spot for uh, Georgia Tech last year. But what Pacer showed as a freshman at North Carolina, not even being the number one guy. You got to get excited about him if you're a North Carolina fan too. Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking for, um, you know, uh, NFL potential, if you're more interested to, in, in like a Debbie prospect, Walker is not Josh Downs. Downs is, uh, whatever, 180 pounds, maybe. And, uh, five ten ish Walker's six, three two eleven today. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's built and ready for the next level like he's gonna be a a red zone target um he'll be a target all over the field so i like walker a lot this year yeah all i can really say about north carolina is with those receivers like you said if drake may stays healthy i mean 
what more do you need to say when you have somebody like Drake May throw you the ball? I mean, honestly. True. So. True. All right, so now we're going to go over back to Oklahoma. Marvin Mims, who was a guy that was feast or famine, had an incredible freshman year, and then ever since then has been up and down. Sometimes he'd have an incredible game. Sometimes he would completely disappear. Um, so I think we have two different questions here. Who's the next man up to replace Marvin Mims? And the second one is, do you think that the Oklahoma offense will be consistent enough to – make it where you should even take a chance on an Oklahoma wide receiver. So I'm going to I'm going to throw that over to you guys. Yeah, that's an interesting question. So I think in the short term with Dylan Gabriel, I think the answer is yeah. I think you'll expect if he's healthy, you'll expect them to uh to move the ball like they did and uh I think I think that offense will still be really good. I think they'll you know, maybe feature the running game a little bit more than normal. Um, but they've also got Jackson Arnold there who's expected to kind of come in and compete. Um, but I, I don't think he'll be – he'll play this year, but I don't think he's going to be like a starting factor unless Dylan Gabriel gets hurt. So, you know, if, if it's Jackson Arnold who's totally a, a, a dual-threat guy, you know, maybe in the future, maybe not. But right now I'm looking at Jalil Farouk. Um, you know, you've got other, other guys on the roster that Doug can go through, but Jalil Farouk, um, he's back. He was a, a starter last year as well as Drake Stoops. And, uh, he had a strong season as a first year starter. I think he'll build on that in 2023. Yeah, I agree. And Stoops being, uh, kind of a force, I guess, for lack of a better term at the slot position, he's comfortable yeah. there. He, you know, he's back again, I think his fifth year, I believe. So he's got a lot of experience. Um, he's just, a, from what people say, he's a smart football player. So I think they'll be productive. Um, do I think anybody's going to step into the MIMS production? I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess my confidence level would be maybe a, Six out of ten that uh, they'll be good for fantasy because you do worry about that week in and week out production. But I, th I think Farouk is is really good. Maybe more in a in a best ball kind of uh, league format where you know you can be feast or famine. Right. Uh, but yeah, Jalil Farouk, I'd say uh, pretty confident he'll he'll end up being that guy. And this that's another area where you could see by midseason one of these. Uh, you know, first or second year freshman kind of taking off. Mm -hmm. I so I feel like this could have just been the, the Texas show because we have so many schools from Texas that are in this, uh, in this list. So now <laughs> let's go over to TCU, Quentin Johnson, Darius Davis, Tay Barber, all out. That's a lot of production right there. Talking about three guys out. Who do you guys like at TCU to uh, replace any of that production? Well, the, the one guy I, exp I had him, on my draft board like okay so there are some guys that you expect to do really well as you're going into the draft you read about them you watch their highlights whatever you get excited about them and i you're just looking for an ounce of um <clears throat> like uh oh i i totally lost the term anyways you're looking for an ounce of good news where you're like all right i'm i'm picking this guy up right now um, and that was JoJo Earl for me in Alabama. And then he ended up getting hurt 
last year in the spring or in the fall and then missing whatever six games and and being able to play a little bit here and there in the end and their passing attack wasn't all that great last year um so i'm looking for him again to kind of come in and be like uh heavy you know in the slot able to get a high volume of targets there in that elite elite offense so I like Jojo Earl and I'll be looking for confirmation bias. That's what I was trying to go for (laughs) earlier anyways. And then you've got John Paul Richardson. Um, So he's coming over from Oklahoma state. You've got Savion Williams, who's been there a couple of years now. And he's someone who was a highly sought after wide receiver, you know, in high school. And I think he'll be a, a potential breakout candidate for, um, an all everything kind of guy, whereas Jojo Earl might be a little bit more slot. So I think, um, I think Earl, if I was drafting today, but, uh, it wouldn't shock me if Savion kind of took off, um, you know, early on in the year too. I think Jojo Earl is part of another one of those case studies. Um, we talked about it in previous shows, tons of Alabama wide receivers, uh, made their ways to the pros and it used to just be, you know, find a name that played wide receiver at Alabama. You're going to get somebody who's going to be a blue chipper on your fantasy team. Last year was not the case. Alabama completely just, you know, pooped the bed when it came to uh, wide receiver production. And a lot of their guys transferred out to other schools. So I think that looking at these guys and seeing if they produce at these other schools, you're going to be able to say, um, was it just that Alabama had a bad year last year and these guys were talents? Or did Alabama have a hiccup in their recruiting and maybe if they don't produce at these other schools, maybe we need to start taking another look at, at um, those Alabama wide receivers going forward. Are they, are they going to continue to be um, a, a blue chip producing school anymore? So I think Jojo Earl and, and some of the others are transferred out. We want to make sure we keep our eyes on those, um, how they relate back to Alabama. Yeah, I, I still have to, in my uh, feeble little mind, um, believe that it had something to do with the offensive play calling at Alabama too. So I think a new OC there is probably going to make a world of difference. And Alabama fans may have something to cheer for again soon because I don't think their former offensive coordinator really had much to give anymore that surprised people. Yeah, man, that's a good point. Both of you guys make really good points there. Um, and I think, uh, I think they're both valid. Like, you know, Alabama could have uh, had a, you know, a batch or two of receivers that they just didn't hit on, which happens in recruiting. But uh, also, I think it would be the OC. Uh, I totally agree with both of you guys there. And uh, I think Earl will will get his opportunity, and we'll see what he can do with it at TCU. All right, so we're actually we're going to go now uh, to BYU. You got uh, Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney that are both out. Those guys produced a ton for Brigham Young. Who do we like stepping in at BYU? So I've done a lot of, lot of research on BYU because of having Puka on my fantasy team and him being so reliable for me when he came back from injury. Um, <laughs> Cody Epps, young kid, super promising freshman season. Um, him and Chase Roberts both are great receivers, great athleticism. Um but they're injury prone, which is part of the problem for them. Like, but something about Epps 
right now is that he's been out of training camp and he's actually been in the quarterback room with Slovis trying to build a relationship, going over film. He's stated that he wants to be someone you can rely on and he wants to know the ins and outs, what the offensive linemen are supposed to do each play, what the running backs, the quarterbacks. So you got to love the work that he's putting in to try to be, you know, that guy in that offense. Um, I would expect Epps to be the number one guy there. Um, but I wouldn't sleep on uh, Keanu Hill either because if Roberts and Epps both get hurt, like they've shown they have the potential to do, Hill could be in line for a lot of targets. Mm-hmm. So, But I do like Epps to be the number one guy there once he's fully back from the shoulder injury. Dig. Yep. All right, so um... – Last school we're going to talk about uh, in any kind of depth right now, USC, Jordan Addison out. Who are some of the names you guys like to fill that role at uh, Southern Cal? Man, you said it. They've got some names. Yes, uh, they do. You pay attention to recruiting, uh, transfers. Oh, they, they've got it all. So, obviously, you remember Brennan Rice. Um, he's he's coming along, and he, he could end up being a, a force this year. You've got Taj Washington, who came over – thing from memphis a couple years ago and he was like their leading receiver and he came over and he's uh sporadically done some damage and then mario williams when he came over with caleb from oklahoma kind of expected him to be the guy and then a few weeks later they picked up jordan addison who took over um former bolitnikoff winner from two years ago and uh Addison will be a first round pick in the NFL draft here just a couple weeks away. So that's oh, exciting. Can't wait. And then you've got Dorian Singer, who came over as like a, a small recruit. He had like 12 D1 offers or something like that coming into college. And he really wanted USC to be one of them. He just didn't get the offer. So he, as a freshman, puts up a ton of production and then transfers to USC. And then you've got a five star receiver. What, probably the most electric player coming out of uh, high, the high school ranks this year, Zachariah Branch. Um, he showed out in all of his high school film. Then he showed out in the all-star game, like all the all-star practices. He's, he's legit. He'll be a weapon this year for oh, yeah. sure. So how do you pick? And, and you really want to know like who's going to be the guy in terms of production right now where we sit. I can't wait to watch the spring game. <laughs> I would give the nod to Dorian Singer. Like he's done it in this conference at this level. Um, Him and Mario Williams, I would expect to be the guy, but it's hard. Brendan Rice is so good. Washington's really good. And then Branch is so talented. Like someone's going to take over, I think. If not, we'll all be disappointed at who we draft from from USC. And I for those of you guys US... that are listening, for those of you guys that are listening, um, when you do an NFL draft, you have tons of information, um, and and there's there's not a whole lot of variance in in what you're going to get per team. The NFL's got a lot of regulations set up. Um, something we talk about all the time on the CFB Dynasty.com podcast is the the gamesmanship that really needs to be reined in when it comes to the information that comes out when it comes to injury reports, when it comes to what's happening at practice. And um, it's going to be very difficult to get that information that BMAC's talking about at USC, not because it's USC, just because it's the culture of college football reporting. So I think that the 
the farther into August your draft comes, the easier it's going to be to make that determination. Probably if you're drafting late July, early August, which we absolutely would advise against, it's going to be just like get out a five-sided coin and flip and flip it. And, uh, you know, you can go pick a name and see what happens from there. But, uh, you know, it's going to be tough. If you get the information, you know, make sure you're posting on the cfbdynasty.com Discord because we want to be able to uh, celebrate you and, and give you a shout out if you've got information like that. Doug, didn't mean to cut you off. What else you got about USC? Oh, you're good. I was just going to throw in there real quick that, you know, for for leagues like ours kind of, I think Zach Briar Branch is probably a, a huge option. Um, but I agree in the sense of Singer and Williams probably being – the main guys this year. Um, but if you're looking for future potential, I think the Zachariah Branch and Malachi Nelson duo could be around for quite a few years to help your fantasy teams out. But for for like right now, I, I'd i probably go singer if I had to pick of those five. Um, but like I said, I just wanted to throw in for future fantasy fun the Malachi Nelson and Zachariah Branch duo could be really fun to watch. Brennan Rice in that game, if you remember, against your boy Michael Pratt and Tulane, where they USC lost 46-45 in that bowl game. Rice went six catches, 174 yards, two touchdowns um, related to Jerry Rice. Like I think, uh, I think he's going to do some damage. And there's been some early reports in the spring about how Rice is really seizing his opportunity. It's going to be interesting to see if one guy takes off. And, and that's really the kind of uh, gamble that you'll be doing if you're drafting like now or if you look for like Matt said, if you're drafting in like July. Um, it's still going to be quite a gamble. Yeah. But it's it's one that can pay off. And the, um, the, biggest, thing the right I, one. biggest thing I remember from that game was a specific running back for Tulane just making people look like they were his little brothers and – they couldn't do anything to stop him. So, <laughs> right. You know, but no, I do agree that, you know, USC has got some great receivers. That's, that's a game. And I said it for my running back purposes, but that is a, as a game this Saturday that I'm looking forward to watching for sure. And the real winner from all of this talent is obviously Caleb Williams. Uh, you know, Heisman winner is coming back, losing a, an elite first round NFL talent, but surrounded by so much more. He's the guy you obviously want uh, on your college fantasy roster of, over yep. anyone else on USC. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting there. All right, so lightning round, as requested by Doug, just some schools <laughs> that we want to just uh, just mention. We may not want to cover specifically just other schools you want to pay attention to. I know one for me I want to pay attention to is Western Kentucky. Uh, last year, the production across the board was ridiculous. Uh, they did have a little bit of issues when it came to um, who was going to be the guy and who was going to be the one that was going to be consistent with getting you points. Malachi Corley was incredible at times. At times he kind of disappeared. Uh, the big thing for them is their quarterback went into the transfer portal and uh, then he put it, pulled his name back out and went back to uh, Western Kentucky, which is massive for them. Yeah. That's a school I'm paying attention to. Doug, you mentioned a couple before the podcast started. Who are some other schools that you uh, that you just are quickly wanting to pay attention and to? And that's massive see what happens. to you, right, Matt? You're the Absolutely. You got Corley? We've Absolutely. got him. We've got him number two right now um, on our receiver rankings for 2023, and I think yep. he's going to be elite. With you know, he was great last year, like you said, 17 fantasy points a game uh, as returning production. Where they also lost someone else who uh, who had a, a really productive year in terms of fantasy. So 
I like Corley a lot this year. He could he nope. could end up being wide receiver one, although we've got someone else there in the number one spot. Doug, who are some other so, schools that you're just quickly paying attention to? Um, obviously, you got to be excited if you're a UTSA fan. Everybody and their brother is coming back to that team. Um, they have a 27 year like quarterback. They're, 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 yeah, say 27-year quarterback. And we're not talking about 27 years old. We're talking about like his 27th year in the program. <laughs> right. It's unbelievable. Right. I feel like I was right. still in high school when he went to UTSA. So that's crazy. Yeah, not the yeah, only so, one. So you've got to be excited about them. I mean – and then, unfortunately, one that I like to pick on a little bit is if you're a Kent State fan, I'm so sorry for you. Um, you know, out of the 133 teams, there are probably 133 for me <laughs> going into this season. So, um, met a Kent State fan. <laughs> right. And I haven't either. Um, but I have a feeling there's going to be less and less of them as, as time goes on. So, um, I just wanted to mention them and get a little knocking on them. But, I think UTSA has to be a school you're excited about knowing that everyone is coming back. Yeah. And like for Ohio state, you know, JSN's going pro he's like the, I think he's got the highest probability of being the first receiver off the board. And And potentially the only first day receiver. Correct. Potentially. But uh, we already know who the next men up are because he didn't really play last year at all. So I think he played like a couple series, but uh Much to BMAC's chagrin. <laughs> a, name, a name that was on the milk carton so many times last year. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. All right. So so that does it for the uh, for the next man up and wide receiver show. We have some awesome shows coming up starting next week. We're going to start getting into some true paid level content. That we're going to be talking about right here on the podcast. We're going to get into our preseason rankings a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And one thing that I will say about these shows, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, I think that the preseason rankings that we talk about in these next few shows are probably going to change based on the things that are happening right now, which is a spring game. We've already seen some guys that did not get a lot of production in spring games starting to transfer in that next portal window. So you might see guys that maybe were buried on the depth chart that after the spring games are going to go somewhere else. And we might have to rethink yep. some of the, uh, the, where they're at. We might rethink some of the guys that are staying. So uh, um, what are you guys excited about when it comes to these preseason rankings? I, I love it because, you know, you're kind of going in with, uh, you don't have your mind made up. You're ranking things based on what you've seen uh, without, you know, knowing that these are, these are not robots. You know, we might have our order, that we perceive how it's going to play out. But these are whatever, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids who can work hard, develop in the offseason. Then when, the next time we see them, they could be, you know, bumped up the depth chart in a powerful offense, you know, at TCU at one of these and just be killing it for uh, for your fantasy team in the fall. So um, knowing they're not robots, we, we have a high level of volatility here in terms of being able to move people around and rank them and slot them based on news and based on, you know, not only what we see in the spring game, because it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, I mean, I would say it's a four TV event, but it's not great TV either. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's a, it's, it's just one little version of what they've gone through all spring, what they're going to go through all fall. And, um, we'll be making adjustments, you know, we're reading and paying attention and kind of seeing what, uh, 
people close to all these programs are talking about. So we'll be moving people around a ton. And that part is fun too. Like mm-hmm. uh, just when, when people exceed your expectations and, and kind of break out, it's fun to have like a Rondale Moore on your roster the year he breaks out where, you know, we can help you know things that uh, maybe your other league mates don't know. One of the things I really appreciate about college fantasy football is um, as a, as a lifelong NFL pro fantasy football player, doesn't matter which service you go to uh, before you go into your draft, the rankings are going to be pretty similar. The, the number of things that are going to be variances are going to be very small. Uh, when you're in college fantasy football, information is at a premium. That's why CFBDynasty.com is one of the, the top providers of that information. Um, but you can look at our list and you can look at other services that are out there and they, the rankings could be could vary wildly. You could go into a draft and the people that are drafted could vary wildly. And the th- it's great to see who CFB Dynasty hits on, who we miss on, who some of the other services hit and miss on. Uh, there could be guys that you know you could see in the top 10 here that don't even make the top 50 on someone else's list just because it's so much more volatility. Like you said, you're talking about 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. You're talking about so much changeover and other positions, quarterback, offensive line, coaches. Uh, you're talking about 133 units as compared to 32 units in, in the pro game. Uh, so it's always fun to see who gets hit on earlier in the season. I'll always go back um, back in the day. Um, I remember when BMAC and other guys in our league would go to the high school all-star games to see who are guys that uh, they might want to have on their pro their pro team. And I will never forget you guys going and, and, and talking about Julio Jones at the high school all-star game and, and pegging him as a senior in high school um, to, to be your guy on a pro team. And so it's always fun looking at these young guys and seeing who they peg to be that, that Debbie, you know, uh, you know, campus to your, your, your pro hall of fame. Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, but yeah, it's always fun. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the next, next four shows we have lined up going by, Going by position, it's going to be a, a blast looking at the rankings. And uh, we'll have some people moved around certainly by then because we've got a lot of news coming our way uh, this weekend. And then and then really this is where we start our outreach. We have uh, writers that we talk with, like with each <clears throat> college program. Well, not all of them yet, but um, <clears throat> trying to get in touch with all of them so that we can post and, and figure out who they – who they're hearing about, who they think is going to break out um, who, when they're talking to coaches and, and different stuff. So um, that will be fun. Our, our annual like Q and a segments that we have or a uh, blog posts that we have. And maybe, maybe we'll get some of them to, to hop on a show with us. It'll be fun. Absolutely. And Doug, this is your first year, correct me if I'm wrong. This is your first year being on the back end of these rankings in the preseason. Am I correct in saying that? Right. Or were you? Okay. So for you, how is it where you're looking like looking at this list and going, Oh crap, I'm a part of putting this list together. Do you look at it differently now seeing how you would have like viewed a list in previous years as compared to being the guy that you know, there's going to be people that are going to come in and they're going to be drafting based on information you're providing. Do you see the list differently? Do you feel a different responsibility? Um, <clears throat> yes and no, if that makes sense. So you guys know, after playing in the league with me for going on my fourth year now, um, how I draft, how much work I put into it every year. Um, and 
you know, the, the joys I have on finishing second place, you know? So, um, no, I think, I think in order to, to be, to have your team in that playoff scenario, almost any given year, you have to draft like we would when we evaluate these players, when we put these rankings out. So, um, what I can say is I, in the past, I have put a lot of, uh, trust in BMAX knowledge and um, expertise of putting these ranks together. But being part of it now, it's kind of fun in the sense of, you know, we, we butt heads once in a while and we're like, no, this guy's better than this guy or that, you know. So that stuff is fun for me. Um, but at the end of the day, when I say we butt heads, it's usually like by a position or two. It's not like this guy's going to be top five and no, he's not. He's going to be number 30 it's usually like i don't know this guy might be a little bit better than this one so i think the same goes into it year in and year out whether you're just drafting or you're putting the ranks together to be honest with you i just think the same research that i've done in the past is the same research i'm doing now i just have bmac next to me doing it with me really no i know i know bmac has touched on this previously but i want to ask you the same question that he said in some other podcasts some previous podcasts um before you were doing research for yourself and you're like, Oh man, I might've uncovered a gym and you know, I got to keep this guy's name quiet because I want to go into the draft. Do you have a little bit, do you feel like your soul leaving your body at certain times? You're like, Oh, I've got to, I've got to go expose this, this guy that I really want to get. And now because of of integrity purposes, I've got to go put him in the top five when I'd rather people not even hear this guy's name. So when I mentioned players like Squirrel White or a couple shows ago, you guys have both heard me mention Sturdivant. Um, You know, I'm like, man, I don't want to say anything because I know some guys or, you know, a lot of the guys from our league listen to this, Um, (laughs) like William Dong and and Gordy. And um, again, William Dong, who likes to give me compliments now because he wants some draft picks. But, you know, we'll get to that. So, yes, I feel (laughs) part of my my fantasy edge leaving me because I'm like, man, these, some of these guys are going to know who I'm looking at now. So yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, you can also say no, because doing this, your depth chart gets so deep on guys that you think are going to be good. You're like, okay, if I lose this guy, I have another guy that I got my eyes on. So, so your depth chart gets bigger, but yes, it does. It does suck when you have to tell people who you're ultimately looking at in like an upcoming draft. So. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. So that's the end of our show for today. Once again, we don't want you guys to forget to go down to the bar at the bottom, uh, like, and subscribe, look at Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. We want you on the, the Discord channel. We want you guys involved in the community. We do not want this to just be a one-way uh, information going out. We want your information to come in because you guys are going to be more in tune with your specific program, more with your specific conference. Um, with 133 schools out there, there's only so much time in the day to be able to assemble this information. Uh, we'd love to have you guys be involved in the community so that we can get the most accurate and up-to-date information that we can on these podcasts. Uh, once again, go to Discord, look up cfbdynasty.com, like and subscribe anywhere that you can. Um, we are really excited to have you guys as listeners, as watchers, and we cannot wait for you guys to come back next week when we start our preseason top 25 shows. 
Uh, on behalf of BMAC and uh, Gravely, my name is Matt Knowles. We'll see you next week. See you guys. See ya.